Hey fam, hello, 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 family out here with a word today, okay? And this word is coming out of John chapter 5. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit in. We're going to say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Take over this meeting because you know what your children need to hear, Father God. And that's in the mighty name of Jesus, okay? In the mighty name of Jesus. Um, <clears throat> so let's start. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethsaida with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Listen, it said, back up to verse 2, inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethsaida with five covered porches, with five covered porches, Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Five porches was covered with people just laying there, just stuck, stuck in, in, that, in that pit, stuck in their ailments, stuck in their ailments. But Jesus saw one man laying there. And he know how he knew that he was sick for some years. For 38 years to be exact. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? See, he walked up to him because he seen the crowd of people just laying there. He seen people stuck. But he went up to the man and he said, Would you like to get well? Because when you sit in there stagnant, when you sit in there stuck, when you sit in there and you're not being productive, when you sit in there just in that pit and you ain't trying to do nothing to get out, I'm here to ask you, would you like to get well? Would you like to? Sitting there isn't going to get you the results that you need. Lying there is not going to get you the results that you want. But this question should move some things around for you. And I'm asking you, would you like to get well? He said, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the border bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. We ain't here for the excuses. Because when you got a strong man, when you got the Lord, when you got God on your side, when you got Jesus Christ, there is no other person that you need to get well again. Your health lies in Jesus. Your cure lies in Jesus. So don't let an I can't come out your mouth because with God, you can But you got to change your perspective. You got to change your mindset. You got to change your thought process. And you got to be able to say, I can do it. If God is for me, I know I can do it. 
Some of you have given up on the word of God because you feel like God hasn't worked in your time. In your time, you feel like God hasn't worked. But let me tell you something. This man, how long was he sick for? 38 years. For 38 years, he was sick. But God chose that day to see him in the crowd. And say, do you want to get well? It's not about who's running in front of you. It's not about who you see getting blessed. It's about do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? It's not about God has never failed you. He's never abandoned you. He just knows the set time. And didn't I tell you yesterday that the time of the Lord's favor has come? Thirty-eight years, he laid there. He was sick for thirty-eight years. Hmm. It, it, even when it says. It says, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him. He saw him. He said, I see you. I know your situation. I know. I know you feel abandoned. I know you feel forsaken. But I'm asking you today. Today, do you want to get well again? Would you like to be well again? I see you. See you. I know, I know, I know. But how about today? Do you want to be well today? Not what happened last year. Not what happened last month. Not what happened yesterday. Not what the doctor's report told you. Not what family members said. Not not with not what your friends said. But what I said is, do you want to get well today? Do you want to be well? Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. The man was stuck there for 30, what was it, 38 years. And Jesus simply said, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. He said, get out of there. Get from around these people. Get out of this circumstance. You've been stuck here too long. You've become hopeless because you have just been stuck here. I got to move you out of this situation. I got to take you away from some people. I got to change your environment because you are stuck there. But the Lord says, some of you are fighting me. It is me who you are fighting. I removed that. I took that away from you because it had you stuck there. I have redemption on my mind for you, says the Lord. He says, I got redemption on my mind for you. I have salvation on my mind for you. I have abundance on my mind for you. But I had to tell you to get out of there. I'm trying to remove you out of there, but you're fighting me. 
Soon as you let go, you will see an instant return, says the Lord. Soon as you let go, you will see instant return. What I have promised you, you will see it the moment you just let go. Listen, that that remind me of that song, Let Go and Let God. Okay, that oh, that's my song. I'm about to sing you a couple of verses real quick. I ain't gonna sing it, I'm gonna say it because listen, listen. <laughs> he said, As soon as I start worrying, worrying how the story ends, when I let go and I let God, let God have his way. That's when things start happening. When I stop looking at back then, when I let go and I let God, let God have his way. He said, my sister, you can't handle it. Let God. Oh, let go. Let God. He said, my brother, you can't handle it. Let God. He's the only one with the answers. Let God. He can work it all out. Yes, he can. Let God. So let go and let God. I'm gonna put the I'm put the whole song at the bottom because that's my song. I'm probably gonna uh, bump that when I get off of this podcast. That's my song right there. But you can't handle this, and you cannot worry about what happened yesterday. When you stop looking at back then, and you can let go. You can't, you can't be like, every time I've tried, this person got in my way. This happened. That happened. You got to let it go. You can't bring this with you. That's extra baggage. You got to leave that. You can't bring it. You can't bring it. You got to let it go. And let God have his way. When you let go, the Lord said an instant return is coming to you when you let go. The scariest part about it is letting yourself lose the control. But the best thing you can do is give God the control. Listen. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Mm, 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 mm. Listen. Instantly. He, he 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 the Lord told him to get up. He said, Take take your stuff with you. Because I'm not bringing you back here. You ain't coming back here. And listen, I was watching the chosen, and that is what Peter had said to the men at the pool at Bethsaida. He said, Pick up your mat because you ain't coming back here. And that is the truth. You are not coming back. That's why he said, Take the mat with you. Don't leave it there, cause then you think that once you once you leave a little remnant there, you going you think you coming back. But the Lord said, I'm about to do something in your life so swift that that you you won't even be able to remember what it felt like these past 38 years. You're not gonna be able to think about these last 38 years, cause your head's gonna be too busy swimming with the blessings I have for you. Do you know that all I have to do is open up the latch and open up this window of heaven? Do you know that's not nothing to me to open this latch, says the Lord, and let the blessings begin to flow? But will you move out the way? Will you move out the way? I need you in receive mode. I need you to be ready to receive. That's like that's like Jesus is the quarterback, right? 
And instead of you keeping your eye on the ball, you just running straight down the field. He's not going to throw the ball to you because you're not, you're not paying attention. You could be going in a complete opposite direction of where he's trying to throw it. But you think it because you can see the end zone from where you're at that he should be able to throw it to you. But how if you're not even looking for the ball? You're not, you're not even a, at least looking back a little bit to see him. You're just going. You see an end zone that has been set before you, but you don't even know that he's on the opposite side. You on the left side, he on the right side. You, if you turn around, you'll see him. But some of you are so set on going your own way that you don't even realize you're blocking your blessings. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Um, let's keep going. After Jesus, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, my bad. I was going back to the top. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus. Hold on, hold on. Hold up. It says, instantly the man was healed. He rolled his sleeping mat and began walking. But the miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said the man who has cured, they said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Don't don't take lightly what the Lord is about to do for you. Don't think you can be double-minded anymore. Don't think you can be lukewarm. Because you thought the you thought that this time that that you were sitting there with something. The Lord says if you choose to sin, if you choose to turn your back on me, something much worse could happen to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce. You cannot produce anything if you're severed from the vine. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Nothing. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? You can have the nicest house, the best car, Everything your heart desires. You can go to the store and get anything you want. You can go and order anything you want. You can have a whole bunch of people working for you. You can have a successful flourishing business. But if you don't have your soul, what is it? If you lose your soul, what what did you accomplish? Because your soul is eternal. Your belongings aren't. Okay? Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Jesus claims to be the son of God. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. 
But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. My father is always working, so so am I. That Let that mind be in you, okay? But he's on a kingdom assignment. Not not your, not just so you can go and do what you want to do. Not, oh, I'll always be at work working. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about he always doing his father's will. He's always about his father's business. Not, oh, you always make sure that you clocking and work and you working triple overtime. That's not what he's talking about. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath... He called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whether the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and, the, and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge, so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Do you know how many people say that they are believers, that they are Christians, but I can see in your life you're not listening to the word of God because your life is all out of order. Yeah, life is not how he ordained it to be. For instance, how are you listening to the word of God and you shacking up with somebody? How are you listening to the word of God and you you are living a life of sex, drugs, and alcohol? How? How are you listening to God and you're living a life of homosexuality? How are you listening to God but you are living a life of just gluttony? How? How? You have to listen to the word of God and believe in his message. That means you want to walk upright. You can't you can't hold on to what what you what, what people say is what um their truth. You can't hold on to your truth. You got to hold on to the truth because your truth is full of some lies and some holes and some loopholes. The truth is the truth and Jesus is the truth. That's the truth you hold on to. You got to die to yourself. So, okay, example. I'll give you an example. Me. In the morning, I might wake up some mornings and I don't want to, I don't even want to get out of bed. I want to stay in bed, but I have kids. I have a house to take care of. I have a puppy. I have things that have to get done. I have a ministry. So, what I have to do, I have to die to myself because Jade wants to lay in the bed. Jade don't want to do nothing. But I got to die to myself. And I have to do what God has called me to do. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Yes. Do I do it? Yes. Because with God, it's not in my own strength, but it's in the strength that God gives me that I'm able to do it. Because you have to believe in his message. He gives power to the faint. 
And he will increase strength. Okay. He said. They will never be condemned. For their sins. But they have already passed from death into life. And I assure you that. The time is coming. Indeed here now. When the dead will hear my voice. The voice of the son of, of God. And those who listen will live. The father has life in himself. And he has granted that same life-giving power to his son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son. And they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have, who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. He's not playing. Like, it, you will have no excuse because Jesus is, how are, okay, I, I, want, I want you to picture this. Okay, I'm not saying this is what he's going to say to you, but I'm just giving you a scenario. It's time to rise. And you live the life for you, right? You live the life for you. And then you get to Jesus and he's like, I died for you. I died so I can live inside of you and live this life through you and give you life. And you refuse to take it. You wanted my blessings, but you never wanted a relationship with me. You wanted to use my name, but only to have personal gain. How are you going to feel with the man who died, who sacrificed his life for you, who was willing to give it all, says that to you? You wouldn't let go of your earthly possessions because you found more interest in that than you found in me. How are you going to feel if the Lord says that to you? I'm listen. I can't bear it. The Lord know I can't bear it. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Listen. Sorry. Listen. God is everywhere. What's that omnipresent? I think it's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. He's everything. He sees everything. You cannot hide nothing from God. There's times, right, that I might be thinking about something. Like, and it don't even have to be nothing bad. It could just be like, I'm, like, confused about something. Like, I'm just like, okay. And, and I'll really think to myself, right? And it's just something as simple as... Hold on. Okay. My bad, baby. My son had a boy-age den. So, what was I saying, fam? Give me a second. Um, I know y'all like, you just said this, but I got to think. Because, you know, I'm in real time. So, hold on. Give me a second. Um... Okay, Lord, what was I saying, Jesus? Put the words back in my... Okay, God is everywhere. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God is everywhere. He sees everything. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. And there's times that I'll have, a, have like, a thought, a thought across my mind. And it don't got to be a bad thought, like I said. But, like, it'd be so funny because I'd be like, okay, why am I acting like God don't know what I just thought? Like, like it, it's, it's hilarious. Like, I might be sitting there just thinking... I don't even know. I can't even think of a good example right now. But anything across my mind, like, or if I'm reading something and I'm like, I don't understand that. And instead of me being like, God, I don't understand it, I'll just like 
be quiet. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, but he know. If I just say it, he'll tell me. Like, but that's what I want you to understand. God is everywhere. He's everything. He knows you. He knows your inner thoughts. He knows your innermost being. God knows. He knows where your heart is. That he is the realest one to go and ask. Because he knows. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would be, not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me. And I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so you might have, might be saved. John was like, excuse me, John was like a burning and shining lamp and you were excited for a while about his message but i have a greater witness than john my teachings and my miracles the father gave me these words to accomplish and they prove that he sent me and the father who sent me has testified about me himself you have never heard his voice or seen him face to face and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe in me the one he sent the one he sent to you Listen, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point you to me. Who, Jesus? See, people, okay, because people uh, think because they know so much Bible that, that they just a holy roller, right? But the scriptures point you back to Jesus. It's for you to have a relationship with Jesus. We are all fighting this good fight and running this race to have a relationship with Jesus. It's not about how much head knowledge you know. It's not about how much Hebrew you know. It's not about how much Greek you know. But it's about does Jesus know you? Does he know you? Does he call you his friend? That's what it's about, family. It's about does Jesus know you? Not he, the Lord is not impressed with you knowing from Genesis to Revelations. I mean, it's cute, but do you know him? Do you spend time with him? Or are you doing it for people? Are you doing it for men so they can be like, wow? Or are you doing it for God? Because the Lord knows. You might be able to fool some people, but the Lord knows. Okay. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. He says, but yet you still choose to go down your own path. You still choose to have salvation on your own terms. You still choose to, to try to be redeemed by your own terms. That's what the Lord is saying. You refuse to come to me. You'll read scriptures, but you refuse to come to me. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Yet it isn't I who believe who who you uh, sorry my bad yet it isn't i who you who will accuse you before the father moses will accuse you yes moses in whom you put your hopes 
the, listen, that's like people. He's talking about people that hold on so tight to to the um. What's that? With the I forgot what they call the first couple books, but you know, to hold on to like Deuteronomy, Exodus, Leviticus, um, Numbers. Who hold on to those books? Who holds on to all the law, child? All the law. He's talking about those people. You're putting your hope in him. When Jesus is the law, (laughs) he has fulfilled the law. He died to set you free, but yet you want to hold on to all these religious, um, this, these religious, religious traditions instead of being free, instead of walking with Jesus. Like, do you understand me? That's why he would do things like heal on the Sabbath. That's why he would do things like call himself the son of men. Because he was doing a new thing. He was trying to give him a new wine. But they just didn't want it. They wanted the old wine. And he was trying to do a new thing. He was trying to give him a new wine and some new wineskins. And they ain't want it. And some of you are, are just like that. You're following in their footsteps. You don't want this new wine. You keep on saying the old is fine. But God is saying I'm doing a new thing. If you really believe Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how how will you believe what I say? You know what I was thinking about the other day? I was thinking about Jonah. Well, actually, it was this morning. I was thinking about Jonah. And it sounds so silly to say that he got swallowed up by a great fish, a big fish, right? But I believe that. I, I really truly believe that God caused for Jonah to get swallowed up. I believe it. I believe that God could do whatever. But that story sounds silly, right? And it's like some people want the facts. You want to straight, you want to stick straight with the facts. Some people are like, I believe science. But all it is is studying what God has already created. You know? Like, yeah, you can study animals because God created them already. You can study trees because God created them already. You can study humans because God created them already. You can study uh, anything, like psychology, because God created it. So it's like, how can how can something truly be silly? You get what I'm saying? Like, how can something truly be silly? But some people don't have a heart open enough to receive that because you want facts. But let me tell you something. If you want 100% facts, you got to walk with the Lord because then he'll, he'll reveal to you that is the truth, that Jonah really did get swallowed up by a, a fish, like a big fish. You know, some people say a whale, but, you know, it just says a fish. So I'm going to just say a fish. But, like, that's the truth. Some people want to be like, 
asking questions about like Noah. Some people, you know, just want to just want to try to prove God wrong. But let me tell you something: you can't do it because God is God. How is it that the sun is right one time? And I'm talking about both suns, the sun outside and the sun. How do them both be right on time? They never lack it. I ain't never see somebody on a news station have to be like, we don't know what's going on. The, the sun didn't go down today. It's just been daytime for 24 hours straight. I've never heard nobody say that because God is on time all the time. And there's no facts behind it. I mean, people study and they want to call it this and that. But at the end of the day, no, that's God's faithfulness. It's God's faithfulness. No one can explain to you how a tornado can hit one house and then leave another house completely fine. How can uproot a tree, but then a bicycle can still be sitting next to it untouched? Because, God, there's no facts behind that. It's just God. But I need you to ask yourself, do I truly believe? Do I believe wholeheartedly? That Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And God raised him from the dead on the third day. And all who believes in Jesus' resurrection will not perish, but have eternal life. Mm. Let's go to Acts 17. And I'm going to start at... Verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all the pe- to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophers, Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, "What's this babbler trying to say with all these strange ideas he picks he picks up?" Others said he seems to be preaching about some foreign god. Then they took him to the high council of the city. "Come and tell us about this new teaching," they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it is all about. It should be explained to that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in the in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows: as follows. Okay. Men of Athens, I noticed that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it. To an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. Some of you are worshiping God, but you don't know him. He's still unknown to you. You go to church on Sunday. You might go to Bible study on Wednesday. You know, you might say a couple nighttime prayers here and there. But you don't know him. 
You know, you go worship somebody you don't even know. And the Lord is sending you invitation. He's saying, come get, get to know me. Come know me. This message is not to condemn you. It's to pull you closer. You get what I'm saying? It was a time that I would say I knew Jesus and I didn't know him. Thank God he knew me. <laughs> Thank God he knew me. Because I didn't know him. I thought just saying his name and saying when I die, he dies so I could go to heaven. I thought that was good enough. But no, I can say today I know him. Okay? he He's a friend to me. Okay? I, I get to know how he speaks. He talks to me. And he wants to do that with you. Okay? He says, to an unknown God, this God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. This is the one I'm telling you about. You've been stuck in religion and the Lord is saying, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out of religion. I've come to break these religious barriers. I told you the time was coming where true worship, where we worship in spirit and in truth, it'll be from the heart. Give me your heart, says the Lord. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps fill their way toward him and find him, though he is far from Though he is not far from any one of us, for he for in him we live and move and exist. For in him we live, we move, and we exist. Ooh, when I read this, I was like, that is a banger. First of all, at uh, up a couple of verses where he says that he doesn't have no needs. We are not doing anything for God when we go to church on Sunday and praise, but they act a fool the rest of the week. And then we might, we might, we might, you know, chill out a little bit on 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 Wednesday evening while we at Bible study, if we even show up at Bible study, right? But do you know that we are moving and exist? We live in Him, and we move and exist inside of Him. That's why when he tells you something, he's like, believe me, because you are in him. You're literally in him, and he is in you. Y'all into each other. How can, that's like, that's like you wanting to just live in a house that, that's like ignoring your house. Like, okay, your house is just, it makes me think about hoarders, for real, the, the show Hoarders. And you'll be like, how can somebody live like that? How can you ignore that that's broken and that's on the floor and that's this and that's that? And the Lord is saying, but that's what my people will do to me. They ignore my house. They don't care how they treat my house. 
Some of you are spiritual hoarders. Some of you are holding on to things I've been said let go. Some of you are keeping the broken things just laying around. As some of you, as, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in the earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. So many people worship the gold and the silver still to today. Like you'll see different people who got a little bit of money and they had like 50 gold chains on their neck, 50 platinum diamond chains on their neck. And it's like, that's what you repping. That's what you repping. That's what your God is. But God is saying, it's time to turn away. It's time to repent. That's a command. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proves to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. We just read in John 5 where Jesus said that God has given him authority to judge. And the time is coming and indeed is here now. The Lord knows what is lurking within you. It's time to go to him. It's time to go to his feet and ask him to reveal these things so we can let them go. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were they, I don't know that word, a member of council, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Don't be a person after you cook off of this podcast, you go back to living your life. But allow life to live in you. Don't try to live a life without the Lord, but allow a life to live in you. Allow God to have his way in your life, okay? I'm going to pray for you. And Holy Spirit, if there's anything else you want to say, go ahead and say it, Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this day, Father. I thank you for all that you were doing, Lord. I thank you for the breath in our lungs, Father God. I thank you for just the promises that you are speaking over us, Father. I thank you for the chance to even get to know you, Lord, to even be able to say that you are a friend to me, that you are my father. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. You deserve the praise. But Lord, I'm praying for this child receiving this word. I'm praying that they open their heart, Father, and they let you in, Lord. I'm praying that they want to get well again. I'm praying for their strength, Father. I'm praying for their courage, Lord. I'm praying that you just do this new thing within them, Father God. I pray that their hearts will no longer be hardened, Lord, but that you will give them a new heart, Father, and give them a new spirit, Lord, that will obey you, Father God. I'm praying, Lord, for this child, Lord, to know that it's them in the crowd, that you see them, that you see them, Lord. And not and, and, and not to shrink back, but to come to you, Father, to come to you. Because you are standing there with open arms, Jesus, just waiting to receive your child. And I just pray that they believe it, Father. I'm praying for their faith to increase in you, Lord. 
And it's in your name, Lord. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Trust God, okay, family? He got you. He doing it. It's going to happen. Believe it. Receive it. God is good all the time. And all the time he is, okay? I want to let y'all go, family. I love you so, so, so much. But let's not forget, most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.